Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a spirit in man and the inspiration, the breath of the Almighty, give them understanding. Great men are not always wise. So there's something that makes wisdom. It is when you allow the one who brought you into being to be your guide and your leader. Then you have understanding of who you are and what you are supposed to be doing. Amen. And that's the reason why we are here. And that's the reason why any leader from this church that is not here today will cease to be a leader except the person took permission from the resident pastor. No matter what the person's title is and what he is. Hallelujah. And this statement that I'm making is a law. Is what? Yes. In a location like this, a leader cannot just go on a wall. At least you must have permission from your superior. Hallelujah. I told Pastor Dave that some people want to stir the pool of my life. And it's good that it is stirred. Amen. Hallelujah. Imagine somebody who was supposed to have gone somewhere for another assignment. We gave him a last minute invitation and he had to put some things aside and very soon he will be here why are the people who invited him <laughs> glory to god while we are standing can you please give us a christian chapter 12 as the beginning of my teaching. We'll look at verse 6 and then we go to the last two verses of that chapter. Anyway, good morning. And thank you for being around. That this old man has been pushed. Amen. Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> No, no, go, no. Let's, 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 let's read what is there together. Remember your creator before the silver cord is broken. Or the golden bowl is broken. Or the pitcher shattered at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the well. Um, this new King James is it? Can you give us the King James itself? Is that how it is? Is that verse 6? Then go back. What's happening?
Okay, just bring the six as it is. Can you read that one together then? Amen. Remember your creator before the silver cord is broken. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. While you are still strong and healthy. Remember your creator at the beginning of your journey of vision and ministry. While you are still strong and agile, remember him. And put him first and put everything that you have to use to make sure you are able to attain the goals set by God himself for your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Two cannot walk together except they be what? A word is enough for the wise. So we are saying that while you are still strong, while you still have life in you, that's the time you put in everything you have concerning ministry and life. Leadership in Christianity is meant for those who have passion. Who have what? Passion. You've got to make it consume you and vomit you out. Then your entire being will be nothing but the assignment God has given to you. An assignment you are not particular about is not the one that will be profitable unto your life. And as you are here today, trust the Lord for impartation. Trust Him for specific words for your own life, for your ministry and for your leadership role. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please sit down. Amen. It is said that leaders are born and leaders are made. Which one would you prefer? Made. Hmm. What about the born? The leaders who are born will come out with all the things in the uterus. If you are just born a leader, you have a long way to go. Because it, it talks about passivity, that you are passive. Because you were born so, you are born a woman, whether you like it or not, you came as a girl, but the woman was inside. Given time, you will surely come out as a woman. If you are the child of an elephant, you don't need to pray for, for size, you understand? Because that one is inside you. Eat the right food and the size will show forth. I want to take you off the sweat that many of us have decided to arrogate to ourselves. Because we still think in the realms of the canal, the realms of the, of the flesh, that until we do something extraordinary, God is not ready to help us. That's why when you go to pray, you start crying first. A very serious father, somebody like me, you, if I'm the one you are crying to, you will miss your blessings. Because number one, you have disappointed me. You are only saying that I hate you. And if you don't cry, you cannot get my attention. So you are intending to blackmail me. That's the way I will interpret it. And I don't deal with who blackmail. God is your father. Walk to him anyhow. Until I schooled your, your pastor, he didn't know how to knock in and enter our bedroom. He would just come. 
you just see me as I appear. You ask him what's the matter. I want this thing. And I've seen Joseph doing the same. In fact, this own is just wonderful. You will hear one thumb on the door and she is inside already. It's not because you're waiting for coming. There's no coming here. So if you don't lock the door, she has entered. You, go, you don't go to your father's place with apologies. I'm, I'm not saying that be rude to your parents. No. I'm saying the confidence you should have that you are going to be received is very, very important. But it is by understanding. If you don't understand, that's a different matter. Praise God. The moment a child comes to you and you receive the child, the next thing the child will do is to put the head on your chest. That is saying, I trust you. You will not disappoint me. And there's something that comes out of you towards that child. Affection. These are mundane things, the things that operate in the realms of man. But they are not ordinary because they are things that are intuitive in the person that is showing. In our work with God, we must also understand where our role is and where God's role also is. Apostle Paul says something, Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's read that one. Can we take it together? I'm not hearing you. Now, let's look at this. This one scripture I have taught over and over and over again. Because it stands out. It's a whole message. When it comes to stewardship, when it comes to a calling to ministry, when it comes to your relationship with God and his kingdom, this scripture stands out. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, a who? It is not wrong for you to say that Christ is your brother. But the gap of servanthood must be seen on you if you make anything without Christ. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. He was called to be an apostle. He had been appointed by God to be what? An apostle. So before he was born, God's program was that this person is coming in as an apostle. Hallelujah. Separated unto the gospel of God. I want to ask you a simple question. Who separated him unto the gospel? Who did? Who did? I'm in the classroom. Who did? God separated you. Is that all? God separated him. That is, it was appointed to him that his success as an apostle will be found in the gospel. The message given to him. But he had to separate himself unto that same gospel. So that God will do it issue it doesn't come in when we are in leadership position. And every one of us as believers are appointed to leadership. He has made us priests and what? And kings. And so we shall reign where? On this earth. So we are appointed into leadership position but we need to work towards that one separate ourselves so separated by God unto this gospel but you have got to separate yourself unto the same gospel until you are able to do that one you cannot make any impact in your life there are so many careless leaders in the face so many careless ministers of the gospel so many so many so many careless so-called prophets 
careless. They have no time to separate themselves until the gospel. Ministers of the gospel are no longer ministers of the gospel because they are not servants unto the gospel. So they cannot minister the gospel. You can talk the gospel, but you may not minister the gospel. Why should this be? Because you are not separated unto it. This work must consume you. It must what? Consume you. You should be able to stand at a point where you, you don't even fear if they say they are going to kill you because of this work. You stand strong and face the hazards of the day because you know that you have been pronounced triumphant long before you began. Called and separated. The point of separation we are saying is two. God separated you by his calling and then you separate yourself to receive that separation and make it work. There's a saying in the Akan language, it's not deep. You don't understand. <laughs> you just don't understand. There's nothing deep about it. You don't understand. Praise God. Domo is mushroom. It's a kind of mushroom. Even though Domo may be crushed in that pot, it is not from there. So if you, if you want to watch your grinding pot and wait for Domo to grow from there, you will wait forever. The mushroom is not produced that, that way. You don't take mushroom from the third roads. Somebody has to have a vision to locate where the mushrooms are, whether to go and take it from source or where he can buy the thing from. There must be an effort on the part of the one who wants to eat the domo. It is, it is not in the pot. You bring it to the pot. The pot is ready. And you are ready. But the demo is not available. Your readiness is also connected to the availability of that product you are looking for. So somehow, everyone has a responsibility. Everyone. The sons of Eli were riding upon the fact that their father was the high priest and in present day we have seen this thing happening in various places because I'm the son I've told you over and over again Isaiah Jr. is not here because he's my son no? I'm allergic to laziness I'm allergic to docility. I'm allergic to people who don't want to learn. If you have not been learning over these years, you will not be here. But I don't have control over my lips. If you are bombarding us with nonsense from here, I can't keep quiet. I will talk. I will make corrections from my seat. By the time I correct you about four times, you have finished your job. A pastor, a subordinate to me, was preaching one time, and he went into into uh, what do you call that one? Into what? No, what he was preaching was not was in scriptures. He went into error. The natural thing normally would have been after the service, take you to your office and correct you. But by the time I correct you, they will not be there to hear. So I, I, I. I, I went for the microphone. It has not happened once, not twice. It is just now that uh, you know I have uh, I've cooled down small. I'll just come and pick the microphone from you and say, "Well done." 
So as the pastor was saying, that's how I start my own. As he was saying, I want to let you know there's an error. One of them was very angry, an ex-police officer was very angry. Came to my office and said, you embarrass me. I said, you embarrass yourself. Because when his senior person will be talking, he will still be making corrections. That happened in Benin. He will still be making corrections. He believed that he was better than the senior person. That a person met him in the ministry. He didn't know that he was sent to me as a last resort. The two of them were at the verge of being dismissed. All of them were sent to me to my station there for correction. That if they failed there, that was the end. They didn't know. I knew. And it would be an indictment on me to get someone come to stay with me for one year and the person is sacked for non-performance. That would be an indictment. It can never happen. Never. Except where the devil himself. Don't happen. I'm not interested in your downfall. When you fall, it doesn't bring a rising for me. Rather, it, it, it raises a question mark on my integrity as a leader. So leadership is not as people think it is. And that's why they struggle for it. In a church, you see people who are very active. And it's okay, let's, let's appoint this person as a deacon or a deaconess. And the person is so called and then brought to the front and anointed and sent set apart for this work and the next time you see him he has his two hands are in his pocket the only thing at work is his mouth hello hello uh, that 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 you are uh, you yes pick that seat take it to the extreme and i said the extreme end uh, what kind of thing is this that's a man who was working everywhere active because oil came upon his head that's supposed to help him the foundation being wrong he now began to be a boss that's how many people see leadership so i've been to a ministry where where the leader was not moved to appoint people as leaders let everybody be there what we want to we will go and do this go and do that I told you, you can't work like that. People should know what they are doing here. So they think about it, they pray about it, they have vision for it, and they produce. Not that when you want at your way, you just pick people here and there. Before you know, the good ones amongst you will just, your people that God brought your way will go away from idleness. That is it. So separation is of the Lord and from you also. You must separate yourself unto the world. How do you do it? I used to say something. Anytime I was told that I was going on transfer from my station to another station, I will move there before I got there. You understand what I'm saying? The moment I was told that you are going on transfer to a place, the next thing for me to try to see what the place is like i want to understand what the things are that i should go and attend to my prayers and everything will now be geared toward that place so if you leave me at the other side for long the work will begin to go down because i've left i never protested one day concerning transfer where are they transferring you to is it to go and worship an idol eh? So if you are a deacon in charge of ushering department or in charge of a choir or in charge of something else and then one day we get up and say you are no longer in charge both the rest I say I'm angry you know that anger must be satisfied with a good letter letter of appreciation that will mark an end of your whatever you are not the owner you are a pastor they want to send you somewhere you say no I won't go. God called me 
to be here. I'm supposed to be in the city. Supposed to. Which city? How did the city become city? But the separation is what will make you feel comfortable whatever thing God placed on you to do in that office. Those of you who are here who are pastors already ordained in ministries, when you are to go on transfer, you begin to murmur. That's not the right way to go. You won't have the blessing of your leader when you begin to behave that way. And if you don't have his blessing, remember also that you are going to have challenges. Paul was called before the foundation of the earth. The foundation of the world. It was in the mind of God that this fellow would come to this earth around this time and he would do this. He said, I know their thoughts and their plans I have concerning you. They are thoughts of good. They are not meant to destroy you. They are meant to give you a great future and a hope. Welcome, sir. So when God appoints you, when God tells you the way you are going to go, understand that he has, he has the manual of your life and the beginning is good and the end is good. You are the one to fill the space in between. That is what will happen, decide whether you are going to stay on mountains or stay in the valley. It will become your choice. Every one of us here, As a commandment of God upon your life to serve. To do what? Serve. I remember one day I went to work for one of my bishops back in Nigeria and uh, he gave me the opportunity to take offering. And when I called for the offering, I then asked the choir to sing. And he said, quiet, sit down. Was you sing? You were leading praise and worship because before you became a pastor. So is it now because you are a pastor, you cannot sing again? In fact, that was one blow I, I got that has never left me. The pain has been there till now. When you were not a pastor, you were leading praise and worship. Now remember at one station there was a brother, one brother called Tunde. He would run from his office. If he got now as the one leading prison worship, he would just run. You see him coming, running. He will enter. <laughs> and if he entered and had finished a particular thing, he would say no to me. That my song, that my song. And then now you make your pastor, you take offering. You are a big man. So Curry says, think. And this was not um, a church of 200, 400. Church of thousands. Everybody saw you. When you are given to service, you won't need any motivation. Because you are separated unto it. Separated unto service. You are given to it. Your life is nothing but service. Nobody has to motivate you. When you are rebuked for inactivity, it becomes a burden on your heart because you don't want to be seen as such. That is one thing about your resident pastor here. He doesn't want the father to rebuke him, so he will go the extra mile. Anytime he's doing that one, I sit and I laugh. I say, yes, they go. When you get tired, you will sit down. But it's an encouragement to me that somebody wants to get to a target. He wants to get somewhere. But I see when he decides to go and go and go, I will tell the mother, I say, talk to your son. No, I don't want to see him collapse. If I'm not collapsing at this age, I don't want to see you collapsing. The motive is good, but you must also consider there's an extent to which you can go per time. 
But if you are not moved by your inactivity, if you are not moved by your failure, then there is something wrong with you. Check yourself. Examine yourself. What is my input at all in the place where I'm serving? What is my input? Am I making impact? Leaders don't beg for followership. Your service will draw people to you any day, any time. Your service. When we were busy in some ministry considering academic attainment to be one of the major conditions for I mean, to be at certain points, certain levels in the ministry. There was a pastor, I've mentioned him to you here before, just that you don't know him, who ended his academics at the, somewhere around class six or something. And later, the call of God came upon his life and he separated himself for it. Every sentence he made was full of errors. We used to laugh at him. But you visit his church and you will see lecturers and professors sitting down there to listen to the man whose language is full of errors. The language had errors, but the truth he was dispensing had no error. The impact was compelling. Nobody could say that the man was not making an impact. This is a pastor who had the pictures of every member of the church in his prayer room. When he shared that thing with me, I was amazed. And then we have been joking. Everybody's photograph was there in his prayer room and he prayed for all of them every day. Do you even remember to pray for people that are under us, even as a corporate body, once in a day? We remember to present the, what we are assigned to do before God for greater strength in the inner person to be able to make impact. The commitment will show on everything and everything that you do. It will be seen. We don't have to ask you when we talk to you, we will know. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 can we quickly go there and let me show you Paul's attitude towards the call that came upon his life but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace the next verse please to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately that word is very very important immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood he didn't look for second opinion if you tell me that God told you this and you want to find out if it is true what do you want me to say you said God God said this and you are coming to ask me, a man, that's only grace by God to find out whether it is true or not. If you want counsel, how you can go about it, I will be able to help you. So if God shows me anything about my leaders, and sincerely speaking, by his grace, everyone working at them, I know the kind of calling he has given to you. But if you are not a pastor, I know. If God is calling you into a ministry and he shows that thing to me, I will not talk to you about it. I'll keep on doing my work. Until you come to tell me that God said this to you. If I'm the one who is directing you to go into ministry, then when you begin to have problems, you'll tell everybody. bishop say, 
Adam see me tin baby. Man can't tell us me pay yere. Na wa na ko fa oba we say ni brem na why cause trouble over baby Sammy. Ask her. And ask yourself too. I didn't beg for the wife. I did my somewhere. And you came. You are the one that came to me and said, This is your wife. If you didn't see wife in her before you brought it, then it's your fault. Ask God. Read that person for me. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Paul said, I did not, I did not, I did not consult any man. I did not. You must be persuaded that what you are doing is indeed from God. If it is from him, then stop doing it. And let him be doing it. What did I say? Stop doing it. Let him be doing it. I'm not saying go and sit down. I'm saying let him do it. Enjoy his grace. In the of execution. That is what anointing does. The oil of God takes over your weakness and releases into you the strength and abilities of God for you to do the extraordinary. That is why when it happens, people look at you and they say, ah, how did it happen? 1992, a man who had known me you know, at Legon here in Commonwealth Hall, uh, all of us were in Nigeria, and then he heard that I was born again. No, no, he said he heard that I was a pastor. And he said, if they say he was born again, maybe I could consider pastor, this boy. Never go, not make that mistake. So he asked where I was, and he came there. It was an evening meeting. And I had the privilege of God to talk that night. And as I was talking, the hall is far bigger than, uh, or was far bigger than our own here, in terms of size. It would be about three or four times that much. And... I saw somebody at the entrance. The person stood there. An usher went to him and he said, okay. When I looked at him a second time, I, I recognized that that person was called Aladdin. So I knew his mission. At the end of the meeting, he said walking towards me and he was trying to clean his eyes to show, am I seeing well? And then he got in here and said, let me just help you. The person you are looking for is dead. That person died some years ago. If that's why you have miswrote, I, I don't know you. And you don't know me. We have not met before. He said, is that the kind of lies they taught you as a pastor? I said, yes. <laughs> I said, this man you are seeing is not the one you have ever known. <laughs> we are meeting for the first time. He looked at me. I said, look, let's cut this thing very short. You are, you are confused by what you are seeing. I want to bring you from that confusion to a wonderland. And he said, what is that? I said, I want to show you the person that brought me to this point. That has made you, you refuse to sit down. I said, I saw when they came to you, you said you won't sit down. You were traveling to be sure that the person that you knew was the one who was talking. And then he asked me a question. How did it happen? I said, I want to show you how it happened. That fellow, we didn't sit down. I led him to Christ right there in the hall. Right there. Right there. And he began crying. He was crying. He cried like a baby. I left him. When he finished crying, I called him. I said, are you okay now? Will you go back and do the things you were doing before? I said, never. Never. I can't even think about that. That is what happened to me. He said, but I'm amazed. You. I said, it's me. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, it's me. it's me. It is when God's oil comes upon your life and puts away your weaknesses and your shortcomings because he has selected you for an assignment. 
he equips you with his own devices for you to stand in that assignment and fulfill it so he's the one you've got to rely on at all times and not yourself rely on him those who are close to me know that i have never been ready for anything on the pulpit never i have been in this business for quite a while now i've been preaching but i've never and my wife said don't tell me how you are not ready the day you say you are ready you won't go to where you want to go <laughs> when she was getting ready for her bid yesterday uh, the day before i saw her touching here talking there and i asked her are you are you are you ready <laughs> so i'm trying to ready as a I just laughed and went and sat somewhere. You cannot be ready. You have got to prepare yourself. That is why you don't study to go and preach. You study to equip yourself against any occasion that he will call you. Because when he calls you, it is what you have on your inside that is going to use to be a blessing to people. It is something wonderful to stand and the Holy Ghost will begin to bring scriptures to you. It takes you on a journey. It's like you are doing some jockeying. And then you go from scripture to scripture. You talk and talk. And you begin to ask yourself, am I the one speaking? My wife was playing one of my messages a few days ago. I don't know, about a week or so. Ago. I asked her, who is speaking? Is there, it is my husband. I... I the thing that I said in that message, sincerely speaking, they didn't come from me. They didn't. But I don't get ready. The pastor was um, having a chat with me and I said a few things. When he came to stand here, he was talking. I told my wife, I said, all the things that this man wrote, not one will come. Not one. All the ones that he stood that cubicle and was putting the thing together. That I just want to put some things down and they are coming. Like all none of them appeared. I, I was not there when he wrote them, but none appeared. But when he was finishing, he tried to do a summary. He jammed all those things together as one pebble and threw it. The owner of the people who knows them. And understand their needs, and their, you know, he, he takes over. You are available to him, and then he takes over. But if you have nothing inside you, there's nothing he can say through you. You are not a robot. So, your separation to the gospel is your acceptance that God, you called me, I'm ready. I'm available here, am I just use me anyhow. And so, when things begin to happen, it's an amazement to many people. So don't take credit. One of my leaders in ministry said, when people clap for you, at the end of the service, go and look for a corner somewhere and clap for God. Before they kill you. After one service in the place I was working under a senior person, one man followed me to my office. And he said, uh, Pastor Fosu, I have discovered any time you preach and you make altar call, the whole place gets filled up. The hand of God upon you is just wonderful. Any day you want to start a work, I'm available to help you. I'm telling you. He, he even told me where he had seen a hall, he would go and rent that one for me. I said, leave my office. Leave where? Just leave my office now. You are a dangerous person poisonous venomous snake you want to kill me and i told one pastor i said look all the people who are pushing you go 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 when you go they will follow you they will destroy your ministry and then they will leave you hanging so when i had to leave bishop george's place I told my wife, I said, we are not going to set up a church near anywhere this church and its branches are. So a person got a, somewhere for me at um, Interman. 
That was the last place I, I pastored before I came out. And I said, no, I won't stay here. If I stay in this city, that church will be divided. And I don't want to be the reason why a church is divided. And that is what took us all the way to Adenta. It is your faithfulness to God that matters. Not what people will see and commend you for. Please stop seeing things and see God. Amen? Stop seeing things and see God. Stop seeing things. A man of God that was privileged to know were friends. He worked in Archbishop Idahosa's ministry. He was a pastor of the church in the city where I was in the early 90s. And I watched this fellow. The church had just started in the city. I see your leader may be popular, but you're not the one who is popular. No, you are not. I will see him in this 1500. You know 1500? Agbada. I had gone to his church to minister a number of times. So one day I said, look, if I don't talk to this man, nobody will. I called him. <laughs> because it was in my house, in my flat, that they used to come to drink coffee. I was a distributor of coffee in that place. So they would come. In fact, he used to steal the, the, the son's, um, is it needle or something, the, the milk for the child. He would carry it and bring it up there. And then we'll be drinking coffee. And so one day the woman, the woman came up there where we had assembled four pastors who were drinking coffee. And the woman came to ask the husband that you, she was looking for the baby's man. I said, It is here. I said, Your husband stole it and brought it here. That's what we are using now. But we can't give it to you now. So Igamu, buy another one for your wife, give her money. Now and as well, we'll have peace, drink our coffee. He brought money out. You have to go and buy a new one. So I sat him down and I said, Look, I have watched you. I've been to your church. I know your number. I know your income. Because I took time to ask you questions about your income. And you told me. If everybody is seeing you with Agbada, you are changing Agbada, the members, will they give offering? You want to be like that bishop? When did you start? When did you come in? I said, you are becoming a disgrace to the archbishop in this town. So I told him, I said, I have to tell you. My friend, if I don't tell, nobody will. Nobody, your church members can't talk to you about it. But I'm telling you, change your attitude. Change your lifestyle. And be serious about the work. I was about to leave Nigeria for Ghana. That's the first, my first homecoming. Amen. You know. And I was building a temple for the for the work there. There was only one bed, you know, the bedstead with mattress. And that was for the the um the senior pastor and the senior wife. You know what I'm talking about? And their children were had they were privileged to have mattress on the floor sleep on one of my seniors came in there to inspect the work we were doing and then he, he said Fosu how many beds do you have I said one we must we have different classes now I and my wife we belong to the upper class and these ones are younger people they are coming up they have mattress in the, some places it is mat it's not mattress he said what is your fridge I showed him to us outside the fridge was outside Clay pot in a heap on a heap of sand. It cools wonderfully. And water is sweet. And where is the fridge? I say that is it over there. He said, You are a very wicked man. I look at him and say, Sir, let me tell you something. If somebody had written a letter from here to inform you that I have one powerful fridge in my house. So and so and so and so. You have asked me where I got the money from. I'm building this thing and it has to be done before I leave here. They called me all manner of names. 
Then the bishop sent somebody to the, my, my station. That fellow went to be with the Lord uh, last year as a chooks. When he came, he went behind me, talked to my wife. My wife persuaded me that I shouldn't come back to Ghana, that I should stay for a while. And then he came to me and said, I've spoken with Madame. As I know that you did. But what you said will not, it won't, they cannot table it. My wife cannot table that one. That's no table. You rest on, so it cannot be tabled. Then he made a statement to my wife. He said, People of your husband's kind are very rare. He went and reported to headquarters, told them what we had done, my insistence to go home. You think I didn't know how to buy fridge? That I didn't know a shop where they were selling fridge? That I didn't know the uses, the uses that you can, one can put fridge to? There was something more important to me at that time. If you place value on his work, he will place value on you. I read one statement somewhere. I can't remember it off, off head like that. There was a day you put me at K, KSC. Is that how they call it? That hotel. That hotel. KSC. You've forgotten the place? On the stretch from uh, Adrigano to School Junction. On the right, there was a lady who was in your ministry and was running the place. I, we, I think we stayed there about three times. Or so. One of the days, I, I went there alone. My wife was not with me and I, I decided to do some waiting there. And I came across one statement. I, I, I can't, it's not here. But it, it's, it's amounted to your investment in the things of God will determine how much of God will come to you. And you, you cannot say no to it. Paul met a lot of guys who were with Jesus. They walked with him bodily. They felt him. They ate with him. But he came in late. So to speak. The Lord called him. Because he set himself apart for the work and gave his entirety to it, ready to go through all the challenges that ever be. God gave him experiences that even those who were there with him for three and a half years never had. God did not get this one from any human being. The Lord himself told him. And the Lord told him things far above the ones that those who were with him got. They never understood what happened on the cross. They didn't know what happened behind the scenes. They didn't know anything. All they know is that they saw him on the cross. They saw that he died. And they saw that people carried him to go and bury him. Then they saw that he woke up. In their own belief, they came to believe because he appeared. Until the oil of God came upon those people, they couldn't see beyond the curtain. Apostle Paul, God gave him so much insight and revelation. And thanks be to God for calling that man. Otherwise, there are things in the scriptures we are reading down that we will never have seen. Except by the Holy Ghost himself talking to us. If you invest your all, he will also invest his all in you. There is no position in ministry that is low or small. If you fail as an associate pastor, you will never succeed as a senior pastor. Because an alligator, according to Archbishop Dahosa, an alligator in Nigeria would never become a crocodile in, in the U.S. It is still alligator anywhere he goes. The man who is not purpose driven and goal getting 
in his approach is not the one who will make it no matter the charge you give to that person those of you who are coming on board and I see many around let it be known to you that it's not a game it's not for losers you don't make it because you could not make it elsewhere and so you come into ministry The day God began to insist on my going out, <laughs> two things happened very, very strange. There was a new polytechnic that had come up in three other states, and they were looking for people. And I could have gone into any of them as head of department. That was number one. Number two, they increased my salary at the place where I was working. But Paul said, none of these things move me. I refuse to be moved by all these things. So many doors were opened up at the same time, and the time that God said it's time to move out. I refuse to move. And like me, a young man went to a pastor, carrying a briefcase. The Lord told him to come and work with him. And the pastor told him, he said, all of us who are working here, we are depending on the Lord by faith for what we eat and what we wear. We'll not be able to rent a room for you. If God told you to come here, then ask him to show you a room where you will be. As the man departed from his office, that was the end of the matter. Which he lost. Maybe he saw a little flamboyance about the place, those who were coming out from the hall at, at the end of meetings, and he said, this would be a good place. And we have seen that over and over and over again. Don't be moved by the things you see. Be moved by the God who is talking to you. If God has not spoken to you now, don't make him speak. Don't do what? Don't make him speak. One guy came to me in Kumasi. The Lord told him that he should come and see me. He wants me to be his father in the Lord. I looked at him. I can tell you where the fellow is now. The town in which he is. Where he runs his ministry. I didn't doubt his calling. But I doubted that other revelation he said he had. That God said I should be his father. If I'm going to be your father, I must know your mother. <laughs> As you know what gave birth to you. As you know. So I prayed with him. And he left. We met one time at the funeral of one of the pastors who passed on in Kumasi some years back. And then he came to me, Daddy. I looked at him. I have an aversion for that title. I've tried to bring myself to like some things. I've, I've tried, sincerely speaking. I've tried. <laughs> Somebody called me pastor and he said, oh, oh, bishop, I said, forget it. Anything that comes to your mouth concerning me, say it. When you say pastor, I'm ready. When you say whatever, I'm ready. You say evangelist. I'm ready. The point is that we are doing the work of God. The bishop is not my name. The bishop is a title. And the, it took them a lot of effort to get me to accept to become a bishop. When I told the Archbishop, it cannot happen. He said, don't say so, sir. Does it produce food? Huh? Does it? And hear what one bishop told me in Nigeria. He said, he said, he said, man of God, even if some of us have been consecrated as bishop well, somebody like you he just if you call you archbishop he said uh, you know eh, when you are a bishop you want to go to government house as soon as you enter and they see your cap they will let you <laughs> you say enter sir enter sir your lordship your lordship and so your bishop uh, thing is for you to enter government house 
that if without that one they can't receive you there then you have a problem I said I'm a pastor a governor walked to my house we prayed for the man has been released from jail now Daria he walked to my house but you you need bishop the score cap he sat on the one one you know get motor at that time he didn't have motor he sat on machine and as the machine moved you know what machine is motorbike that's how we call it over there it, as, as the thing moved now his cap also also moved I, I'm not trying to say the title of bishop is not good. I'm only trying to say don't be carried away by titles. Because you're already titled. You are a titled person. You are a titled person. God has a clear name for you. And God will never call me bishop. If the day you call me bishop, I will ask him to come down from where he is and come and stay among us here. He has lost his godship. I won't call me bishop. He knows my name. So don't be carried away with titles. No, somebody called brother Emmanuel. You're angry. How can you call me brother? Are you not a brother? That's who you are. You were a brother first before God took you into pastoral work, and they called you pastor. Even though you are not a pastor, you are not a clear pastor over there. You don't care about anybody that serves your stomach. Um, I don't want um, Dr. George to uh, go home and tell the wife that he met one fellow just to talk. He won't finish everybody. I have to stop here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, when it comes to things like this, I don't like standing behind the pulpit. I want us to sit down and we are chatting. And we are talking, we are asking questions. If, 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 if uh, this great teacher of God, of God's word sits down and you are drinking, some are drinking tea, some taking coffee, and he sits and we are all around and some kebab is also moving around, you know, bamsuya moving about, the revelations that will come, they are amazing. You understand? No, when you stand here, you are on duty. There is that duty thing. That duty thing. Okay, let me just deliver and go. But I believe God that will be doing this more and more often. I'm not a key person here today. He is. So I have to sit down. Amen. I said we are going to do it over and over again. If we don't do it and people misbehave in ministry, we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves. Yes. That you preach the word of God doesn't mean the people around you have imbibed the word. You'll be surprised. If you like, let's do quiz now. Everybody stand by the wall. Let us do quiz. Just give me 10 minutes. There'll be casualties. We'll have to call in an ambulance to come and pick some people. Because they can't come out from where they stand out of shame. We have to now go there with uh, stretchers and pick them so that they can go out. You know, when I went to pray for a dead person, the person died over and over again. I couldn't come out of the room. <laughs> right? You know, I've told you the story before. I had come from church, very hungry. I was eating. Then they said somebody was, <laughs> one sister was dying. I carried my anointing oil, like one juju man. <laughs> I went there. And, uh, you know, Jesus took the people aside. So I asked them to leave the room. The man of God had arrived. I prayed and prayed, anointed, put our in the nose everywhere. As I was doing, the person was becoming colder and colder. Now, to get out of that room was a problem. But one brother walked in there and he said, Sir, don't disturb yourself. Yes, he's dead. And then she used time to take me out. And for two weeks, 
I couldn't pray. I lost confidence. I no. Don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. You know when we are talking like this, we know where we are coming from. Don't think you know, Bishop. When you come, you come and insult everybody and go away. If I insult you and you become better, I, I like it. That's what the insult. Get it? The type that I've been talking now is not insult. Though, it's a rebuke. And the rebuke. Some of them have the warmer, uh, warmer. Oh, what do you call it? Pestle. You know the one that you use here. It has one big head with hair like that. The one we use doesn't have hair. You know that one? And no, no driver. The person who is panting, see the driver. You crow, 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 then you bring it up. By your own, somebody has to drive. <laughs> that one's automatic. Thank you, sir. You know? So when that one hits you, the one with the head and the hair hits you, it's, it may wound you, but it won't be as serious as the one that is bare. You know, the one without hair. Bald-headed one. When he hits you, if you collide with the bottom person, you have impact.